0: Yeah: All right, perfect. How you doing, Frank Oh good morning, Preston. Good morning to you. We just you you just made the morning.: Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that a little bit. It's funny because I know um, when I was waiting tables and doing my art, I used to man, when I came home, that was my time to create, so and yeah. and drink too. I would be up till like four, five, six in the morning, sometimes the sun would come up. But uh, now I've, um, ever since I got married, I've switched over to being a morning person. So I get up at like 6 a.m. now. I'm it, sure I'm sure good. yours is a little bit because of the pandemic, right?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> so you, <laughs> when you're working, are you on like a kind of an early schedule? Uh, no, it just really depends on uh, what I need to do. Right. Well, that kind of leads me into it, I guess. You are, well, first of all, this is funny, but... I've always said your name, Frank Venatis. Is that how you pronounce your last name?
1: Uh, it's Venatis.
0: Venatis. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So I screwed it up. Well, anyway, so we've known each other for how many years now has it been? It's been like more at least
1: five years.
0: Yeah. More than five. Yeah. Um, did we meet at La Luz? I think so. I think so or too. I, I
1: think it was a show at, in downtown
0: across oh. the street
1: from the Hive upstairs.
0: Oh right! So we did Wiznu uh, Wiznu Labs.
1: Yeah, there we go.
0: But was that a was that a pop up show for? Uh, yeah, it was Brittany Davis.
1: I think Kendra
0: organized that. Oh, Kendra, Kendra, Cran- yeah, okay, okay, perfect. Now we're now we're getting back there. Well, um, and then we did, I don't know, what two, three uh, coaster shows together at the La Luz de Jesus.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Yeah, man. Well, okay. So that's Sometimes. actually been. It's actually been a while. I think that's been about seven years.
1: Yeah.
0: And f- I'm feeling old. I don't know I, about I you. Miss,
1: I miss doing the closer shows.
0: Oh, man, I know. So they stopped doing those, didn't they? Oh, uh, no, actually, it's, it's
1: continuing. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's been moved to Pasadena, actually.
0: Right. Matt opened his ga- – it was Gallery 30 East. Uh, Is that what it's called? Gallery 30 South. Gallery 30 South. Whoops. Yeah. Matt, oh, don't, don't hate on me. Um, we yeah, – that's a great, that's a great gallery, and I know he was the director at La Luz for many years, and so he just yeah. continued it over at his new gallery. Yeah, I love that place. It's awesome. So, did you do the coaster show with him at the new spot?
1: Yeah, I already did two. I, I think, I think two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, my um, my friend uh, Conrad Haberlin. You probably know him too. He, yeah. He, yeah, he did. I know he did the last one. I'm not sure if he did the the one before that, but um. I just stopped doing, like I don't know why, I just stopped doing pop surrealism uh, for a while. And I was doing it, I was kind of continuing it on the coasters, but then I just, I don't know, maybe I'll try to submit this next year.
1: You never know. I mean, there's so much time on our hands right now.
0: I know, man. So that's my first question. How have you been, have you been holding up with the, uh, the virus, which will not be named?
1: Kind of overwhelmed, you know?
0: Yeah. I you know,
1: some days I, I feel productive and some days I, I just don't want to do anything.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. That makes sense. But you're, I'm you've so been healthy awesome. so far.
1: Oh yeah. I you now feel a lot better now. Um, I actually got some time back on, uh, you know, reorganizing my focus and focusing on my health, focusing on my family. Oh, and, good. You know, really just narrowing down what I want to do and, I had the time to
0: do it pretty much. Yeah. Well, that's one of the silver linings of of this whole thing. I mean, if you can... Obviously, there are some people who are not even able to survive right now. So, you know, obviously, my thoughts go out to them. But for people who have been able to make it or have been able to get assistance, um, it has given us a lot of time to kind of reflect and to focus on some, you know, some things that we've been maybe putting off a little bit, right?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: So, you do everything it seems like um i'm i'm just going to yes i'm just going to read this from your instagram because i think you said it better than i'll say it okay. so uh frank Venatis, aka headcase art he's a fine artist creative director graphic designer musician singer songwriter art and music curator special events consultant commercial drone operator and whatever the hell you want whatever the hell else you want to do i added the hell but <laughs> Yes, that's, that's uh, that's quite the, um, quite the it's resume all <laughs> So how do you, how do you swing all that stuff? Is that uh, how do you fit all that in?
1: I don't know. I just, uh, I just kind of go with it. I don't, I don't try to fight it
0: anymore. I used to fight it. Oh, I, you mean like you tried to kind of define yourself as, as one, one of them yeah. or. Yeah. I used to kick myself over it and I realized what the hell am I doing? I should, I should just embrace it. Right. Yes. I know that feeling um, because I, when I came down here, I was also, I was actor, musician, you know, trying to do voiceover stuff, art. Um, I thought I could just come down here, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a stand up comedian. I was like, I can do all this stuff. And my dad was always like, oh, well, be careful about that. But you know what? Now, more than in, any other time ever in history, we can kind of do multiple things, right? There's so many yeah. options available to do from home. Yeah, now. there's so
1: many outlets and it's it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Yeah. But it's also cool. To appeal to uh, different demographics.
0: Yes, for sure. So your art, how would you how would you describe um, for people who I mean obviously we're going to put like links in the show notes and everything, but how would you describe uh, your art to somebody who is not visually looking at it?
1: Uh, I would say it's, uh, fun. I would like to, you know, that's one word I always use and yeah, it is, um, you know, just kind of tapping into my childhood and, you know, going back and, you know, keeping it fun and, you know, interesting and spontaneous. Right. You know, most of my images uh, that I create is, uh, portraits, um, you know, faces, mm-hmm. Different people I know, people, just random people I meet and and just whatever comes in my head.
0: Yeah, they're almost like um, I haven't seen all your work, but i've I've seen enough of it to to get a real good feel for you. It's almost like you've developed your own language of these kind of creatures almost. you know what I mean? I know they're I know some of them are based on people you know too, but they're kind of like fantastical uh, almost creatures. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, some of them are creatures and some of them are just, you know, normal faces. Right. Uh, certain face expressions. And, you know, it just really depends on my mood. I think that's definitely the driver.
0: Yeah. You have a lot of uh, stickers that you make with these too, right? Uh, I'm getting to it. I'm definitely
1: trying to get my merch lined up. It's it's tough, you know, it's time and money.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. But I love, yeah, I love your characters that you create. there they're fun and they're super intricate like yeah i mean h- how much time does it take you to like create one of those like just just a. I i know that probably varies but if you were doing an average how long do you think you spend on each piece or each character
1: uh okay uh sometimes it's like spontaneous kind of sketch like uh, and then you know that could take like five minutes or less and then And then when I get into detail, it could take, I'd say, 30 minutes
0: enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, and some of these are, I know you have that, like, when we first got on the call, um, (laughs) I wish people could see it, but you had this huge backdrop behind you Mm -hmm. of your work, almost like a mural style of all these different characters and stuff. That was really cool. Um, You'll have to send me something so I can post on social media so people can
1: (laughs) get a um, a feel for what you do. So I'm going to send it to you.
0: Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. It it puts you into a, a whole other world, you know? Definitely. But how big do you typically work on these things? Because I know the ones that I've seen have been coaster or like almost sticker size, but do you ever work really large?
1: Um yeah, actually um, you know, before I got into uh, you know, heads, um I used to paint uh figurative pieces and they would go up to like
0: ten feet high. <laughs> Oh, nice. But they were headless. Right. <laughs> Hence the name, right? Headcase. Yeah. And yeah. during that
1: time, it was very uh, process driven. And um, now I'm just going back to uh, you know, a place where it's fun and spontaneous.
0: Yeah. I hear you on that, man. For me, it's like I was doing, I think we kind of have a similar story as far as um, a transition in art. I mean, I know we don't do exactly the same type of art, but, um, when I started, I was doing really detailed figures and pop surrealist stuff. And, you know, sometimes I would work on that stuff for like 12, 14, 16 hours straight. And now it's, it's kind of shifted to getting more in touch with like the fun side too. And the more kind of spontaneous creative aspect of it. So that's kind of, uh, freeing to be able to kick off all that, all those old (laughs) structures. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, I figured, you know, if I'm going to get some recognition, I'd rather be recognized for something that's fun, you know, and and I can uh, always change it up and it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, that's true. And also I think people kind of, they respond to that, that sense of fun. Like they, they recognize it in the work. People always used to tell me, oh, I love your work, but I don't want it in my house. (laughs) I was like, oh, uh, thanks, I guess. I, have, you know, I get I get that reaction too. Oh, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Even with your your newer stuff.
1: I, I think you're doing a lot better than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um uh, actually I want to take some time to pick your brain on uh, how you oh, go yeah. marketing.
0: Sure, yeah. sure. Hey, if you got any questions, this is a conversation. So if you got any questions here, well, we can we can launch into it too.
1: I don't know where to start on that. It's just overwhelming to me.
0: <laughs> oh my God, man. <laughs> It is overwhelming. Even when you're doing it and you're doing it well, it's overwhelming.
1: Yeah, business is just a whole other thing, you know. And uh, you know, It's either I do that and focus on that or just be creative. And it's really
0: tough to, like, you know, merge the two. It's so tough. Well, it's actually, I would argue that it's impossible. Um, but, and, you know, you're, I think you're doing it
1: because, uh, you know, you got this 6 a.m. schedule, so I think right. it's doable.
0: That's the only way that it's possible, honestly. But I I guess what I was saying was, um, I mean, what I meant was that like, you're kind of going through your day when you're doing it well, you're kind of two different people. It's like you have to put on the the business marketing hat. Um, I do that during the morning up till about noon. And then I'll like, oh, put on the creative hat. And sometimes making that switch is really fucking tough, man. Oh, yeah. You know, um, so yeah, that's what I mean by it, it kind of being impossible to really do well. It's almost like you just have to do it the best that you can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I find, I find like for me, I'm overwhelmed all the time. I mean, I'm doing a lot of stuff and I'm, I feel like I'm, you know, um, uh, in the groove, but it's just like when I'm done, I feel like there's 800 more hours that I could spend on doing everything else. You know what I mean?
1: Sometimes I, I wish, uh, you know, the day uh, extends to like two days. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right, I think maybe that's why you're up till six a.m. Right? Yeah, pushing it, burning the candle. But um, so you're doing okay with the pandemic. Your your family is um, are they are they in L.A.? Everybody?
1: Yeah, everybody's in L.A. Um, oh, that's cool. Everybody's healthy, thank God. Oh, nice. And so- uh, you know, I'm doing most of the shopping for my parents. I don't want them out there, so and that's um, definitely a lot of stress
0: that's stressful well it's stressful first of all just going out right and then yeah. on top of that you have to be careful of you know your parents i don't know if they have any sort of health issues or whatnot but my parents are in idaho and if i had to shop for them i would be freaked out that i was going to pass something to them
1: uh well you know i don't step in their house you know oh okay i miss the hell out of them oh,
0: know. <laughs> you know oh my god i want to yeah. give them
1: a hug right, <laughs> right.
0: It's just, yeah uh, Wow. Well. Uh, Yeah, I hear you, man. Um, It's nice at least that you get to be able to kind of see them, though.
1: Definitely. And, you know, know, I'll go to the backyard and have a chat with them, you know, and they're inside and the doors open and that's about it.
0: Yeah, that's nice. As far as the um, pandemic, too, I mean, it's one of those things where they feel like they've done this arbitrary date, right? Like, oh, May 15th, we're all back to business. Yeah. And, and You know, and it's like it's so an, it's such an arbitrary thing because everybody else is saying all the experts are saying that this could go, you know, November, December into the next year. Um, obviously, I hope not. Uh, I don't know how long yeah, it's going to take not. them to get like a vaccine, but I'm, man, I'm so tired of it, too, man. I mean, I miss my my friends. Oh, I know. Right. Have you been able to um, speak with people on Zoom or how are you communicating right now?
1: Uh, I just uh, give them a call, you know, old-fashioned stuff. Old
0: (laughs) school, baby.
1: (laughs) People (laughs) are so into texting, I'm like, screw that. I'm going to talk to you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I want to hear
1: your voice, damn it. (laughs) I
0: know. It's the next best thing to to seeing somebody in person, right? Yeah. It's funny, man. Like, texting is is good. I used to have a black book. (laughs) Oh, really?
1: (laughs) Yeah, growing up, you know. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. and my friends try to get a hold of me, and if they can't, then, well, <laughs> better luck <look> next time. <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> right, exactly. That's so funny. So you had kind of the, uh, you almost had, like, them on a Rolodex.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, I grew up in, uh, you know, during the transition from uh, analog to digital, so <laughs> I oh, yeah, both.
0: I think we've got to be pretty close in age. I'm not going to call you out here unless you want to. Unless you want to do an age drop, no, Uh, not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. I will date myself enough here to uh, to give people an idea. Yeah, I remember in high school at the end of high school, there were a few people that had cell phones, but these were not smartphones. These were like the old school, like they don't do anything but dial a number. You know what I mean?
1: The Zach Morris cell phone.
0: The Zach Morris, exactly. Oh my God, that brings me back too. Um, the Saved by the Bell phone. Yes. Um, yeah, man, and and it was like, oh, who are these people? What, what is this that they've got? And then I told myself, I'm never, I'm never getting one of those. I will never have one. And then you know, I went to college, didn't have one. Came down here and finally I was doing acting and painting and I was like, okay, I guess if I'm an actor, I have to have a cell phone because if I get a call or a callback or an audition and they can't reach me, then I'm passed over. But now it's just ubiquitous. You can't get away from them. How do you how do you do with uh cell phones?
1: You know, I, I you know, I put it on sleep mode and uh try to leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You mean like most of the day or, or just when you're working?
1: Uh, you know, just, uh, I just, you know, I take little breaks and, um, you know, sometimes when I'm working on a project, I'll, I'll you know, stop and just spontaneously and uh, do something else for maybe 30 minutes to an hour and then come back. And when I, when I'm doing that, I, I usually leave my cell phone next to my computer. So I don't mess with it.
0: Oh, that's cool, man. You know, That's great.
1: Some kind of habit, you know, because you gotta, you gotta make time for yourself and, and, and other people. You do. I'm and gonna, your cell phone just consumes your time and it's it's not healthy.
0: No, it's not healthy. My, uh, my wife is, I'm going to try not to throw her under the bus here too much, but she's uh what I call an elder millennial. And uh, she, she's, you know, she's good. She's good. But there are times when you see that kind of, cell phone it's not an addiction it's like it's just that kind of nervous twitch where you look at the phone you know you're always doing something but it's like the phone's always it's like ever present in yeah. the room and i found that the more marketing i've gotten into i've become that way too because you're like oh i gotta answer this person i gotta do this. so it just it kind of piles on the anxiety so i i admire you for yeah. for doing that
1: the anxiety is uh, definitely maxed out
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure Teach me your ways, Frank, how I can do this.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you just have to clear your head and, and, you know, just say, fuck it. Right. And, you know, there's a time for everything. And, you know, if if you're always just like waiting for an answer, it's you know, it's definitely going to consume you.
0: Yeah. And it's also ultimately unfulfilling, right? Yeah. Because even when you get it or you get the like or you get the follow, blah, 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 it, it doesn't really mean anything.
1: Yeah, so, and you're, you're waiting for somebody to get back to you, and you're like, "Oh, I could have done this." While I was right. Waiting. You know, so allow yourself to do that.
0: That's what my wife always tells me. I'm one of these people who has to respond right away, um, because I, you know, I value people's time. But she's just like, you know what? Just they can wait. It's not that important. Just get back to them when you're done with this. And then I'm yeah, like, okay, it's,
1: it's, all, it's all energy. You know, we're all connected, and and you know, it's. It's the law of attraction as well. Uh, it's, you know, if
0: I'm not giving you attention, then you're gonna give me attention. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> it's that's so true, man. That that goes over with everything. I'm sure you've witnessed that in your work, in art, in jobs, like dating. Whenever I've been like, okay, I'm taking sure. some space, <laughs> then it then it comes to me, you know? It's so true. Um, so I wanted to get into, uh, your origin story. I don't know if you've listened to too many of the podcast episodes, but I always talk about artists kind of being like superheroes. So do you have a, a little origin story you can share with people? How did you get into the art world? how did you get into being a creative person?
1: Uh, you know, I've, I've always been creative growing up, uh, started art school, uh, early point in my life, uh, you know, when I was in fourth grade. Started um, taking art classes in the Art Conservatory in Cal State LA.
0: Uh huh.
1: Late to high school, and, and then got into college and did some of that, and dropped out and opened the gallery. <laughs> nice. Just uh, yeah, it's just. Can it's I pause
0: you for a second? What what gallery did you open? Uh, the Ear Gallery. Nice. I should feel like I should be aware of this. I've seen you. Write about it, talk about it, but what what was the gallery about? What did what kind of work did you show?
1: Well, it's a DIY gallery. Uh, you know, originally I you know I just wanted to move out from my parents' place and have a studio to do my art, and and uh, one thing led to another. Uh, I had a gallery, and it was just I don't know, it just happened. It's, wow! I went with the flow and tried tried my best to uh, manage it. Had other people come in and help out, and you know, just uh, grew into something special, and, uh, and ventured off to like different avenues of it, and it's just so much to talk about. It's uh, I feel like I need to make a documentary or something. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Oh, you should, man. Do if you have any? Do you have any old footage or pictures from that era?
1: Oh yeah, there's there's tons of them. I'll send you a link
0: sometime and, uh, and oh, check cool. it out. Yeah, you should, I mean, with all your talents, you should definitely turn that into a, a documentary.
1: Actually, uh, had a conversation with my friend last night about it and just really thinking about it. It's uh, definitely going to be a positive um, thing that it's, that might happen. I
0: don't know. We'll see. Cool, man. Well, if you do it, um, would you do like an online release or would you have like an opening, a screening party or something? Uh, I'm not sure yet.
1: Um, I'm at this point where I'm just uh, trying to get uh, different opinions. And, you
0: know, I'm already at the place that it's done. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where can I see it? <laughs> well, let me know if, if you I, do I it. Have to, I have to get
1: so many people involved in order to get it done. So
0: Yeah. I know you, you're friends with Nathan Cartwright, aren't you?
1: Oh, yeah. We go way back uh, before the Hive Gallery. Nice. Um you know, Nathan was curating at the hangar 1018. Yeah. And I think I curated one show but um for the most part I was exhibiting in uh most of the shows that he organized. And we became good friends and um then he opened the hive and uh, I opened the here gallery at the same year.
0: Oh really? Yeah, I actually built some of the walls in uh, the hive. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Are they still up existing or have they been oh, changed? Yeah. There's really
1: still, yeah no i love to build man oh i didn't know that <laughs> yeah i you built know? four bedrooms in my 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 old spot and um i built a stage a dj booth a uh, you know, a bar hush hush
0: hush, hush. <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> a speakeasy oh yeah it was pretty much a speakeasy oh that's so cool man yeah see look at all these underlying talents um
1: yeah why before the social media
0: yeah, right. I love the Hive, by the way. Uh, I never had been to uh, the Here Gallery. So was it kind of in the same district?
1: Um, it was an echo park. Uh oh, okay.
0: You, you ever been at a bootleg theater? I want to say yes, but I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, it was uh, two doors down from it and uh, it was upstairs and uh, you would not know it existed unless somebody told you about it.
0: Oh, cool. So it is like a speakeasy.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: It's speakeasy Just gallery. On the
1: just on the weekends, but the weekdays, you know, I lived there and three other people lived there and uh, had band rehearsals on the actual stage and you know, did whatever. Had a Great time.
0: That sounds like living the dream right there. Was it one of those things where it was more affordable at that time to rent a space? Or like, how did you swing that?
1: I got the space for, um, you know, two grand. A month, oh, okay. Uh, 3,000 square feet. Wow. And that's unheard
0: of. How much would that be nowadays? Shoot, like
1: 10 and up. Oh, my God. Wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that's cool that you you had that opportunity. So you had that gallery open for how many years?
1: Uh, About three years. Okay.
0: uh,
1: And we shut it down and um, I took the name, built a good brand, and, um, you know, took it to the warehouse district and did a bunch of pop-ups. Uh, for a good 3 years uh-huh and then uh, i moved the operations to a uh, you know a couple of locations a couple of venues around town and developed this uh, circuit for bands DJs and artists and circulated
0: them all over town into different locations and
1: yeah it was a machine
0: wow that's intense that's a, i mean in, in a good way that's that's a lot of uh, that seems like a lot of work
1: definitely ate up all my time you know yeah consumed my time to a point where you know my creativity um was in the back burners and i didn't have any time to uh paint or write
0: music (laughs) right well that's what i was going to ask you so were you able to kind of use that as an avenue for your your band as well
1: oh yes definitely
0: Okay, nice. What, I think I might have interrupted you on the origin story. If I, if you want, if you had more for that, keep going. Otherwise, um, I wanted to ask you about uh, music.
1: Okay. Uh, well, you know, after the Gear Gallery, I ventured off to a film festival in uh, Louisiana.
0: Uh, oh, nice!
1: The Louisiana International Film Festival, Lif for short, and um, you know. Started ah, yes, Lif. Sorry, off as a you know graphic designer and got promoted to creative director and did that for five
0: years. Oh, wow. So you worked with the Louisiana International Film Festival. Yeah. So did you move or or could you do that remotely?
1: I did it remotely over here and, you know, uh, four months out of uh, the year I I would be stuck in my house like uh, right now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so I'm kind of accustomed to this uh, scenario, and um, yeah, you know, right after that, I they fly me over, and uh, you know, be the I'll I'll be in Louisiana for like two weeks, uh, hanging out and just enjoying uh, time.
0: Oh, cool. Okay, so your origin story has many different levels and different stages, basically. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like you're kind of just were a creative person from the beginning yeah yeah did you you were
1: were you born in the United States sorry good like whatever you do in life it, it builds up to something you know you yes stick with your guns you know
0: don't doubt it, just embrace it that's so true, and even your um I'm gonna ask you about this too, but even when you're doing that and you kind of feel like there's a failure or something, it always ends up leading you to something else like it's failing, never wasted. Failing is a good thing. Failing is a good thing. I completely agree. Um, I would almost even argue that looking back, nothing is a failure, right?
1: Yeah. You know, okay, you cool. gotta learn as much as you can. You know, and
0: that's the only Sorry, way I, I don't
1: understand.
0: Oh. Alexa. Alexa's talking <laughs> to me. Stop. <laughs>
1: that reminds me I gotta turn off my ringer.
0: I don't know what I don't know what she heard, but she was like, I think I'm gonna chime in on the podcast. <laughs> Special appearance by Alexa, everybody. Oh, I think I just okay. Anyway, um, uh, now I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> this damn technology. No, but we were talking about failure and how nothing's really a failure and how it always leads to something. And you were saying it's all kind of a learning process.
1: It definitely is. Um, you know, you just have to uh, roll with it and uh, see what happens. Is um, you know, we choose not to do anything, nothing gets done. That is true. Plain and simple.
0: Yep. I think just kind of action, and I don't mean this in a action, 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 massive action type way, but just moving forward, having momentum is good. It leads you down the path. Whereas if you're just stagnant and you're, you know, shut off in your room and wondering and dreaming about doing art someday, it's never gonna get started.
1: You gotta walk the talk, man. That's right. That's what I say.
0: Mm. Definitely. Well, you've been doing that in many different ways, which um, leads me to kind of ask you about your your music, your bands. Like, How many bands have you been in at this point?
1: I uh, started my first band in sixth grade with my little brother and, you know. Sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. That's awesome.
1: My mom got me a drum set at sixth grade. And, you know, growing up in Highland Park uh, in the 80s and 90s, it was Gangsterville and Oh yeah. Kept me away from all that. And I thank my mom every day, you know.
0: That's so cool. So you had a cool mom. She got you a drum set.
1: Oh yeah. She didn't want me out there, you know, messing with gangs.
0: Oh, that's smart. That's really smart.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know
0: Shout out to mom. That's awesome. Definitely. (laughs) Cool.
1: Yeah, my parents, you know, they they put up with all my shenanigans.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's well that's their job putting up with shenanigans. Um so sixth grade was your first band you you're yeah. playing drums i i'm imagining you were you did you have like a basement or did you have uh a shed where I, are you I where are you playing drums a
1: storage drums? shed you know and and it wasn't soundproof <laughs> 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 so everything was amplified out there
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: yeah did your neighbors call, hate you yes and, and one of them came and reported uh, us to the police and then my mom was like, you guys got to take it in the house. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, all right. And, you know, we had a schedule and it was after school for like two, three hours. And that was it. Three to six was rehearsal time. Okay. And then uh, then we could do our homework and and then go to sleep.
0: Nice. (laughs) I'm sure that was like a great escape for you. I mean, like for me... It, basketball was that for me, basketball and, um, and drawing. And, yeah. um, and then my friend and I, we made movies like my best friend, Ryan O'Malley and I, as awesome. kids, we made movies. Like, honestly, I feel like I discovered all these little tricks
1: yeah. even
0: before they were doing them in film just by playing all the time. And it just kept days just flew by. So I, I completely relate to that, man.
1: Yeah. Just, uh, the feeling of discovery is amazing. It is. Especially when, you don't know the process and you just discover it yourself and you're like, Whoa, I could
0: do that. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, well, what else can I do? Right.
1: That's exactly how I feel with music. You know, when I write, I I don't read notes. I just go with my, with my feelings and, you know, and i you know, this sounds right. It must be right. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of approach it the way I approach uh, drawing and, and it's really tough because, like, I'm kind of conflicted with both of them. You know,
0: I can't just pick one of them. Well, maybe you don't need to.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I'm at this point now. Okay, well, you know, I just have to pick my my time with with each one. And you know, I find that when I'm kind of like at a good place where I'm I'm on point with everything, I tend to be more on the on the art side. And when I'm kind of unstable and things are not going too well, then I, you know, go towards my music because, you know, that in itself is healing.
0: Yes. And Definitely.
1: I think um, recognizing which mediums to use at certain times could be beneficial.
0: Yeah, it's almost like you're you're self-medicating in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, you know. I completely agree with that. Um, it can be the m- most cathartic thing. I was just talking to somebody today on social media who's a writer and writer and an artist. And she discovered that I had done some writing and she read like the opening pages of like my semi autobiographical book that I'd written. And I was like, she said, Oh, is, you can feel the pain in this and it, how it opens. And I said, Yeah, honestly, the book saved my life. Like I was at a place where I was, I was struggling, I was feeling ill and I was just kind of wandering the streets of LA in between work and painting. And I was just, I kind of felt like I didn't really have a place to go at the time. Yeah. And all of a sudden this first sentence came into my mind and I was like, oh, and, and, I, and I got excited for the first time in I don't know how many months. So I rushed back home and I just started writing and it just was pouring out of me. Wow. And dude, it saved my life, honestly.
1: Beautiful, man. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah, but I think I think you're you're right on. I mean, nothing allows you to kind of get out those that angst and that the screaming inside like music, right?
1: Yes, that's why it's very important to have these outlets available for kids, you know. Yeah. Because, um, that's that's going to save their life. Like,
0: it will. In
1: so many different
0: ways. It's so true. And of course, you know, not to be political because this is not really a political podcast, but it seems to be one of the first things that's always cut. Right. And with yeah, funding. Exactly. yeah. Our society's backwards in that way.
1: Yeah. No, I got a bone to pick with all that, but you know, this, that's a different, that's a different interview. I'll
0: have you, <laughs> yeah. I'll have you on my, my sub podcast politics now. No, <laughs> no, hell no. I'm never doing that. I don't want to do a po- political podcast. I would want to yeah, shoot I myself.
1: Don't wanna, I don't want to unleash the beast.
0: Yeah. Right. No, honestly, how do you, how are you dealing with that aspect of it? Um, Right now, for me, my wife and I, we just try to get the news that we can, then we just get out. Do you find yourself um, being consumed by bad news right now, or are you are you balancing it pretty well?
1: I don't even watch the news. Oh, good. Yeah, because all they have to say is uh, it's all negative.
0: Right. Wait a minute. Well, Frank, are you aware there's a pandemic right now?
1: <laughs> yeah, there is. I, I, <laughs> I, you know, don't get me wrong. I watch a little bit of it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't go looking for it. Yes. Sometimes before I crash out, you know, I, I get a little notification on Facebook and and there's something about, you know, the situation and I'm like, okay, well what's going on now? Sure. I'll set a time limit for like five, 10 minutes and then then I'll shut it
0: off because you had to do that. That's perfect. I think it's like, um, they've set it up almost not unlike social media, the news feeds on your engagement, right yeah and, and it,
1: this rabbit hole and it's, it's never ending
0: yeah, exactly, and then they give you all this kind of clickbait and these scary you know titles that you makes you want to pay attention and then they keep feeding the beast and and pretty soon you're in this like anxiety ridden state um, yeah. no it's it's horrible, like yeah, I take everything very seriously but
1: minutes, you you begin to realize you know oh it's repeating,
0: yeah. You know?
1: He just said that fucking
0: 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right. But we had somebody else say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Well, what's the answer? You know, give me the fucking answer so I can go to sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Give me the answer or, or give me a different angle at least where you're looking at this from a different perspective, you know? Yeah. Not just fear. So I was, I cut you off. I think we started talking about, um, something else, but you had just finished up talking about your sixth grade band. Uh, continue on with the whole musical journey because i'm i'm interested
1: oh yeah um, you know when we got into junior high um we got really serious with it and um you know formed this band death metal band actually oh um, wow um, the popular thing in the early 90s the golden age of death metal and yeah uh, we formed this band called Noxious, and nice the, uh, the roxy the whiskey uh, variety Arts Theater in downtown. Uh, the Anti Club, this uh, punk rock venue in uh, Melrose. It's shut down now, but amazing place. Uh, just, you know, in junior high and high school, you know, we did uh, all kinds of shows that, you know, we weren't allowed to be in. <laughs> but we did it because, you know, we play music.
0: Oh, you mean because of the venue? Because of like the liquor license?
1: Uh huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been there and uh, it's such an amazing experience and uh, all your friends um, want to be your roadie. So it was amazing.
0: Yeah. And then when they get older, they don't. (laughs) 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 No, but that's cool. So you, you were able to use, uh, use them and, and use that as momentum. Well, man, you got to play all the cool spots.
1: Yeah. Back then when it was cool. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Wait, back then when it was cool, when you were cool.
1: When it was cool. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> You're like, I'm still cool, motherfucker. Yeah,
1: those spots are just like, you know, I don't know. They're, they want to exploit the entertainment. It's not fair.
0: Yeah. Well, that seems to be kind of uh, a very common thread with a lot of different genres of, of uh, the entertainment industry, right?
1: That's exactly why when, when I had the ear gallery and I worked with demands, bands, I always made sure that, you know, there was... There was always that line that I drew, you know, because uh, I never wanted a- anybody to feel that feeling of being exploited.
0: Yes. Were you doing like primarily, sorry to go back, but were you doing primarily group shows and stuff?
1: Uh, tons of group shows. And, uh, you know, I love to curate uh, bands, especially. And, you know, it's just one of my favorite things that just happened naturally. And, and you know, definitely uh, created a good circuit for bands um I would say two thousand eight to two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Oh wow. Good band circuit, you know, uh local bands, bands from out of town come in and you know I would book them in different locations. And you get a an awesome experience and just you know coming to LA.
0: Cool. So you did uh that for about five years. And then you have you've had a couple other uh, band iterations, right? You have a current band, yes?
1: Uh yeah. It's called Frank and the
0: Mammoths. Frank and the and the Mammoths? Yes. Oh, cool. Okay.
1: Before that um, I had the Nightbirds, and that was during a uh, Here Gallery days, and um, mm-hmm. ran that for as long as we could, and uh, we got up to the studio, and you know, the studio makes or breaks you, so it broke us.
0: <laughs> oh no.
1: Uh, the process is just daunting. So, you know, we never got the album done and now we have a second um, chance at it and, and, you know, slightly different lineup, but, you know, pretty awesome. And um, we're working up to that recording and hopefully uh, do some shows once this is uh, all over.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We did. uh, Our band did, two studio sessions when i was there and i didn't know you were in a bed. Oh, oh yeah i was the lead singer um and I, I learned how to play guitar and i played trumpet for a while with this punk ska band oh nice and, yeah and uh yeah so i was a singer for that for about four years and yeah. we released a couple albums nothing big but we i mean we did a couple things we played the warp tour uh, a couple years oh wow uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. We got to play The Gorge, and um, we went through Boise, which is kind of where my family was living at the time in Idaho. And I, we played basically like a couple legs of the warp Tour, not the whole thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it was amazing, man. Yeah. What's it? Spotify? Uh, I don't know if they are. We had a falling out before I left, um, but they continued on. They probably are. They're they're no longer a band, but uh, it's called 10 Minutes Down. Oh. Like. Andy Warhol thing, 15 minutes of fame, 10 minutes down. Yeah. Wow. But we, the studio was crazy. I mean, it's just, it's long hours. You get sick of each other, you know, people, sometimes people don't pull their weight. Sometimes that's me. Sometimes that's somebody else. And yeah, it's, it's a, uh, and it's expensive. I don't know if you were doing like old school studio stuff or, or were you guys kind of doing your own thing?
1: Um, a little bit of both, you know, t- time is money. So, you know, yes. We um we we did some of uh, just uh, tracking in the studio and and whatever we need um you know better mics uh, we definitely rented out the studio and, uh uh-huh. and you know it's it's a whole process but everybody's time you know, added into it it's just you know it's a mess
0: <laughs> getting everybody coordinated how many people are in the band.
1: Uh, originally it was five and the nightbirds and managing five people. It, it's, it's hard, you know, I, yes, I think if we had a manager, I think that would have been better.
0: Yeah. You need kind of somebody to be there kind of taking that weight off of somebody. Cause otherwise somebody from the band takes that place and then that fosters some resentment, I think.
1: Well, yeah, I, I was, um, definitely managing it.
0: <laughs> oh, you were. Yeah. yeah. That's tough. That's a tough position to be in.
1: And I was already managing the events, you
0: know. Right. <laughs> oh man! So you were playing in the band, writing the songs, managing, putting together everything. That's that's a lot. Yeah. Okay. So did people? Uh, did you get along with everybody uh, in the band?
1: Oh yeah. No. Okay. Good. My brothers. Oh really? You know. Wait, you no. know. I, I you know. To me, they're my brothers.
0: Oh, gotcha! Gotcha! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but I, the reason why I was saying it because you, you had uh, your first band in sixth grade was you and your brother, right?
1: Yeah. Actually, uh, my my two other brothers during that time had their own band.
0: Ah, okay. <laughs> so you got a musical family.
1: Yeah, it's a musical family, definitely.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. So now you're basically, um, you're kind of getting ready to do another attempt at the studio and then yeah. hopefully play some gigs after that.
1: It's not death metal. It's, it's, you know, it's, um, independent.
0: Okay. Is there somebody, I I can't believe I haven't heard any of your music. Um, is it, how would you categorize it? Like, what does it sound like? Anything?
1: Um, you know, you you take
0: the Pixies. Oh, love the Pixies.
1: You mix it up with maybe the Smiths.
0: Oh shit. And the Kinks. All right. So why haven't I listened? I love all three of those bands. One of them's named after me. Come on, The Smiths. Hello, <laughs> I love I love Morrissey. Uh, okay, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, uh,
1: I'm also a big Echo and the Bunny. i come the Bunnyman
0: fan. And, oh, nice. Yeah. So, so you've got some great influences then. I, I think so. <laughs> well, those four alone, right there, are. Uh, I mean, maybe they weren't your influences. Maybe you just sound like them. But either way, uh, <laughs> it sounds it sounds good. So, would you say like vocally? Because you do lead vocals, don't you? Yeah. What would you say you sound like?
1: Um, Definitely. Well, you know, I I could do lows and highs. So. Okay. Um, No, I've. uh,
0: Is there somebody you've been kind of compared to?
1: I got compared to so many uh, different uh, singers that I don't know. I don't know at this point.
0: (laughs) You're like Pavarotti. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So, like, so, but. The Pixies, the Smiths, you mentioned them. Would you say you have kind of a similar uh, uh, vocal kind of feel as Morrissey or somebody like that? Uh, slightly. Uh, you know, kind of like the Doors a little bit. Oh, nice. Another, another favorite. Cool, man. Well, I have to check out some of your music. When you, let me know when you guys um, do a gig sometime. I'm very busy, but I, I would love to make something at some point. Sounds good. Cool. All right. So, well, did you want to say anything else about the, on the musical end or, or should we shift gears? I oh, we can shift gears. Okay. So I always ask people and artists, I call it your secret weapon uh, for creativity, kind of going along with the uh, superhero theme uh, or your superpower. What, what is something that kind of helps you uh, get focused and to be able to create well? Like if, if you're in one of those moods where you're not feeling creative um, is there some trick or something that you do to help you get creative or do you just kind of go with that?
1: Just, um, you know, it's just the, the battle of wills. I think, um, that goes a long way. You know, you really want it that bad. You gotta, you gotta stand by it. And, and, um, I know we get sidetracked, but ultimately if you try to do at least one thing a day that pertains to your goal, I think you're, you're you're good.
0: good. Almost like stacking up little things, like oh, this, because we've talked about a lot of things um, leading to other stuff. So yeah. even if just maybe, let's say you're not feeling it that day, so you just go, okay, I'm going to set out a canvas or whatever. I'm going to set out some materials and I'm going to just start doodling. Maybe you had it in mind that you were going to, you know, paint a, a large painting or something. Yeah. But just getting that kind of in motion sets you up to do that
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's all about the the process it's a preparation you know right well you know you just you just have to project it and and you have to be ready for it because uh, you know opportunity comes and left and right and you know if you're not ready then it's not going to happen
0: that's true so yeah because we've talked about this on a lot of the a lot of the interviews so far i, I think a common theme is that if you're just waiting for inspiration all the time, then yeah. you're you're never going to you're never going to create or you're never going to have like a, a an artistic practice. You kind of have to like you're saying it's about all the wills. You have to will it to be at least to get started. Like I find that if you get started, then the kind of the muse or the creative inspiration kind of follows.
1: Yeah, you know, you have your art artilleries lined up, you know, your sketchbook your your uh, recordings whatever medium you want to use you have it ready and you know and when that inspiration comes you're ready for it and it just happens you know naturally
0: yes i completely agree okay so we talked about this a little bit earlier maybe you feel like we answered it already but um do you have a um a failure or like a biggest failure something that ha- something that was perceived as a failure at the time and um, what did you learn from it?
1: That's a tough question. Uh, yeah, always, take your time. I'm always failing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we all are, aren't we?
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, uh, I really don't want to say much about it because, um, you know, I've learned to let go of so, much, so many things that, you know, just I can't, Really allow my mind to explore
0: it right now. Oh, no, That honestly, that is, I haven't had that answer yet. And that's kind of, that's kind of almost the best answer you could give. It's, it's like reprogramming yourself not to see something as a failure, you know? Um, For me, I don't think like that anymore either. It's kind of interesting that I have that as a question because I don't see, I don't see anything in my life as a failure either. I think also if you're if you're looking at stuff or you're looking for failures you're kind of bringing more of that into your life. That's a good answer. I like it. Um what about advice to young Frank? This is Frank. This is pre 6th grade band Frank, okay? What would you say to your younger self now with all the knowledge that you've accumulated over the years, all the different arts related stuff you've done? Uh what would you say to young Frank as far as Uh, pursuing art or it doesn't even have to be about like art itself, but kind of navigating yourself in the creative
1: realm. Uh, Well, you know what I would say is uh, never be afraid to fail. Yes. That's one. Um, You know, if you believe in what you want bad enough, it'll happen. You know, it's just natural. And um, never let anybody tell you that you can't do what you want. Yes. You have to discover it for yourself. You know, you don't want to live life with regrets. So you have to try, even if you fail.
0: I agree with that.
1: And if you're going to be creative, I recommend definitely taking some business courses. That was the advice my dad gave me during high school. But during that time, I was pretty rebellious. So I was like, screw you, dad. (laughs) (laughs) later on i realized he was right, yeah. <laughs> he was right.
0: I, I, I hate it when that happens
1: yeah um, i'm better off now where, where i'm at because uh you know i learned and I, I failed and learned and you know being a cre- being a creative um you have to be creative with business as well because otherwise you're going to start so true so you know just keep that mindset and if opportunities come, try it, you know. Uh, yeah. I, you know the, the only regret I've had was I was given an opportunity to work in an animation studio in high school. Oh, cool. But I turned it down because I was just so hell-bent about music and and, like, you know, doing whatever I wanted that I wasn't really thinking about being an animator. It just mm-hmm. felt like it was a big can of worms that, that I had to open and I, it was going to consume me. I didn't want
0: that. Yeah, that's interesting because, well, first of all, there's a lot that you said there that I completely agree with. Um, I, I wanted to touch on a couple of them. First of all, the business aspect of it, that's great advice because I also didn't have any of that. And one of my biggest, not regrets because it wasn't really my my fault, but one of the things that I wish had happened was, when I went to school and I took, I kind of double majored in theater and fine arts and yeah. I was never taught anything about the business side of art or business in general. And when I came down here, it, it, you know, obviously I, it makes sense that I took 10 years just creating art and like expecting it to just be seen by somebody, you know, well, and you know, uh, yeah.
1: It but, doesn't want you to be an artist. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. The world's like, we have enough of that. They need you to build something, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. So having that kind of that knowledge, oh my God. I mean, I've seen other people, even people that I've interviewed who haven't been doing this quite as long, but they actually did that first and it was a springboard for them to get so much further ahead. I mean, I'm still happy. Like it goes back to what we were talking about regrets. I'm still happy that I created a huge body of work because now I have that to fall back on and I still sell those pieces. from 12, 13, 14 years ago, but, um, it would have, it would have been nice, you know, to have a little bit more of a business sense. And then what was the other one I wanted to touch on? I'm, I'm that's forgetting.
1: All, that's all I have.
0: <laughs> oh no, no, you had, no, you, did, you gave me so many. I was trying to remember, uh, one of the other things you said, um, oh, animation project. Yeah. Sometimes I think that like you have this idea in your head of how it's going to manifest, right? Like, yeah. oh, I'm. I want to be this, and you have. If you're too strict in that vision, yeah. you cut off other opportunities that could almost kind of lead you there in a roundabout way, right? Yeah,
1: actually, uh, you know, when I got out of uh, high school, I wanted to transfer to uh, the art center and, and get into transportation design. Huh. I was into designing cars, and and that was definitely going to be a really serious avenue if I wanted to take it.
0: And yeah.
1: I just like you know, in the end of it, I was like, no, I can't do it. I don't want to do it.
0: (laughs) That and almost, I don't know. Sometimes I stop
1: myself, you know. And you know, I wonder sometimes maybe I should have done it.
0: Right. But do you think that um, I'm sure a couple of those times you did that, it was probably for the best. And then maybe the animation thing could have. I mean, it seems like that could have been something because you, your characters that you design uh and create our i kind of see them almost as animated characters does that does that sound weird
1: that's actually the next step in the evolution of my work and oh cool i'm actually already um, you know messing around with some of the characters with my friend who's an animator
0: nice that's perfect i see that too man i think that's the next uh obvious evolution too um that kind of takes my next I guess, well, it answered part of it. My next question was, uh, what are you working on now? So is that, that's one of the things you're working on now?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, for, uh, for right now, I'm, I'm at home working remotely uh, for my friend's startup and uh, pretty much uh, reviewing a label um, for intelligence uh, on videos. Uh, if that makes any sense. <laughs> what?
0: So, oh, like artificial intelligence?
1: Yes, pretty much. Uh, uh, working for my friend's company, a uh, startup company, and, um, you know, I'm reviewing and labeling uh, images off a time-lapse video. Okay. Construction sites like uh, uh, LAX, Caltech, you know, just different sites and, um, you know, where just uh, labeling objects and people. So that way, you know, the AI of tomorrow will recognize, okay, that's a human, don't kill it.
0: <laughs> right. And that's like, in, that's important.
1: Yeah. And so I'm doing that part time, and uh, then I'm like also venture. Have you
0: been able to con- have you been able to continue that right now? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay.
1: But you know, it's it's not enough to make ends meet. So right. You know, definitely uh, glad that you know my
0: unemployment <laughs> yeah i did something along those lines up uh, because i'm a sole proprietor but i think the whole system is very confused
1: yeah
0: <laughs> but anyway sorry go ahead
1: especially for uh <clears throat> especially for independent contractors
0: independent contractors yep sole proprietors artists all that it's um it's so funny i, I told my wife this it's like sometimes the people who who need the most like i'm not saying i'm very fortunate i'm i'm still selling work right now i'm i'm very happy, uh, but in general, sometimes the people who need it most are the artists and creative types, and our government doesn't really see that as a legitimate job, even if you've been making steady income, so that kind of sucks, but anyway, that's a sidetrack. Uh, please continue. You were talking about the your side gig and then uh, what else?
1: and I'm also working on the animation thing I mentioned, but you know it's it's still in the beginning stages. We're still trying to figure out how we're going to approach the animation. And uh, I'm already doing a bunch of storyboard ideas and, and definitely uh, trying to get back into my music, trying to pick up my guitar here and there. And, you know, yeah. songs I, I've left unfinished. And damn, I, I'm so like itching to go to the rehearsal space and, just like jam out with my bandmates,
0: Yeah. I mean, I miss that and I haven't done it in like over a decade. I can't imagine how you're feeling. It's, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. Well, this thing, the pandemic has hit all creative people pretty hard, but I would almost argue that it's hit musicians the hardest. Yeah. Because you can't, I mean, you have to get to, I mean, you can do, you can write, you can paint, you can do a lot of creative endeavors um from home it's a kind of a solitary exercise but music is not
1: well you know for musicians uh what i recommend is
0: do do a little web concert you know yeah like play all your music yeah and some people have been doing that right like i know even radiohead did something like that yeah that's good do it yeah for sure but but at the same time then you kind of have to risk getting together with people right well you know uh there's ways to
1: do it. You just have to, you know, be cautious. Sure. Shoot, my drummer's living in the studio right now. And you know, from what he tells me, people are still going to the studio rehearsing.
0: Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Well, you know, it's it's hard. I mean you, you people who do that for a living, you gotta keep working. Um, otherwise it's almost like death from another angle, right? Yeah. So oh, okay. I think I have One last question for you here. Um, Just kind of following up on or continuing along this path. Where do you see yourself in your work in five years?
1: In five years. Hopefully be a creative director in in my friend's startup. Mm -hmm. And um, exhibit some bigger shows in different galleries. And um, get some recordings done. Yes. We uh, you know, get the animation thing going, maybe some side murals, and definitely get all my merch lined up so I could be in Comic Con. And
0: yeah. Sorry, you, you cut out on the last part. Um, Comic Con and then what? Yes. Man, I I can see all of that for you. It seems like you're kind of putting all that in motion already.
1: It's a tall order, but that's what it has to be done.
0: Yeah and it's also the natural progression of what you're doing, right? If you kind of see it through all the way, um, I, I can see it happening. I want to see like, first of all, I want to hear, I want to hear what your band's doing. I want to see the animation project and I want some damn stickers, man.
1: Yeah, definitely. You got to send me your address. <laughs> I will.
0: I will. After we're done with this, I'll send it to you. Um, and I will post some stuff when I get it on social media. Cause I want people to see it. It's awesome. Um, cool. Now. We're kind of wrapping up, but I just wanted to ask you, is there, um, is there anything else that you feel like you want to leave people with right now or, or do you feel pretty good about where we are? Um, definitely hang in there. You know,
1: it's a time for reflection. So, you know, just look back on all your achievements and, you know, whatever you need and, you know, just to inspire you and don't forget that, you know, this is only temporary. And we're going to get back into it and um, we're going to go hard on whatever we want, you know, and, and just be ready for it.
0: Yes. And I think we'll, we might be even more focused coming out of this, right? Yeah. <laughs> because we're all so starved for it. We're like, okay, now I'm going to jump back into it like full throttle. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. awesome, man. No, thank you so much for that. And um, where can people see your work on the interwebs, on the internets, and on social media? Oh, you can
1: go to uh, Instagram at Headcase Art. I have uh, the link posted for my uh, my band uh, on the paragraph. So okay, can- on Instagram. Yeah, but there's okay. no music yet, so it's just a it's just a little page to you know be present and um, a teaser. Get- but
0: it's right. me. Okay, cool. Do you have uh, a website or anywhere else where you people can see you?
1: Oh yeah.
0: HeadcaseArt.com. HeadcaseArt.com, the same as your social media.
1: It's, you know, kind of under construction, but you know, it's it'll do for now. I definitely have to get the merch going, you know, like in in the site because I'm bad at that. So I definitely want to have a conversation with you about that later.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, man. Hit me up anytime. We can talk about that. Are you um are you using like your own? Do you have somebody who built your website or using like Squarespace or something like that?
1: I think it was GoDaddy. I just, you know, did okay. that web type of deal. Yeah. I, I want to get like maybe big cartel and like hooked up to it or something so I can sell my merch like um, an
0: e-commerce.
1: Yeah, something, you know. I, I got to figure out the avenues of um, you know, to sell my work, but
0: Yeah, definitely let's talk about it. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm around. We got time. So, yeah, hit me up and um that's definitely something that uh, it would be cool even to talk about for people too, because I know a lot of people are struggling with that, but maybe we can have the conversation privately and I can, I can kind of put some of it into a, another podcast.
1: Man, you're, you're ahead of the game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks man. No, I, you know what? It's funny. It came out of uh it wasn't necessity, but it felt like necessity to me. I got so tired of banging my head up against the wall and waiting for like Gallery shows and stuff like that. And then when I get in them, I would yeah. be like so excited. And yeah. then, you know, maybe you sell a piece here and there, but it was just like not sustainable. So yeah. I <laughs> I just kind of got so tired of it. I was like, I'm gonna cut out the middleman here and I'm yeah. gonna start selling my work. And the an
1: infomercial or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to the PMS Hardwork Infomercial. Or 3999. Know? I can give you my secret. <laughs> hey, maybe you could put that together for me. There we go. <laughs> That'd be funny, man. But the irony about the whole thing is like, once I started doing that, well, it, I felt like it took some of the pressure off the galleries too. And, and then both of them started flowing much easier. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, well, we'll get you going on that. But hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And um, I, I, I look forward to getting this out so people can check out more of your work. Sounds good, man. Awesome. Well, uh, if we, if we want to, at some point, let's do a round two. I'm good with that. Okay, cool. Well, uh, it was good talking to you, man. It's been too long.
1: All right. Good talking to you too, man. Stay safe and, um, you know, get some shit done.
0: For sure. You too, man. (laughs) All right. Talk soon.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Later. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMSArtwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.